Hey, Room 303 listeners. Are you looking for a way to make every game day exciting, even when your favorite team isn't suiting up? Then Thrive Fantasy is the destination you're looking for. A one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have options for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. Guess what? They even take all the research out of it for you by only asking about top-tier athletes in their respective sports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, baby. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Build your lineup daily and earn all that moolah. For NFL, choose 10 out of 20 player prop options. NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options. With PGA having new contests each match day, Thursday, Friday, and so on. Still on the fence? Well, here's the nudge you need. Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. I'll repeat that. Promo code ROOM303. A $20 bonus. Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launch in 2018. What are you waiting for? To be up 28 to 3? Download Thrive Fantasy now and prop up today. Not all states qualify. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colonna Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. We are live in episode 63 with some news. Nick, would you like to break it down for the folks listening at home? No, I actually, I actually want to, I actually want to do give a prop to the people at home. What, what episode number do you think I'll finally get to do the intro? Like over, 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 under episode one hundred. Maybe that'll be our episode one hundred special. Is all is all throw a curveball and I'll do the intro. No, so the so the news that Jermaine is talking about is that uh, unfortunately our first intern uh, didn't work out. He was lazy. He was unproductive. He didn't even show up for work. Shout out to George Soto. I hope he listens uh, to this, and he's probably going to text me after he listens to this. Uh, lazy, unproductive. Some people actually work in the United States Coast Guard, which is which is unbelievable to me. Um, but we have blasphemy uh, hired. Jesus Christ, dude! You're yelling into the mic. Um, blasphemy. We have, we have we have that's a little bit better. Still, that was that was like a, a blasphemy. God, sorry, everybody at home. <laughs> um, we have hired a new hired. We've uh, graciously accepted an unpaid intern uh, in the name of Eric Washington. Uh, so he'll be doing all of our searching and coffee getting and sexual favors and and all that uh, as the uh, podcast moves forward. So welcome aboard, Eric. So we had so a revelation, Jermaine. Eric does listen to the podcast. Apparently, I call BS. But is not, but is not man enough to text me when I talk shit about him. So that's I, I don't think that he listens at all. Uh, he he also, in typical intern fashion, uh, has a mic that does a feedback loop. So he is unable to talk. So there is a he is just no folks that he is here. We see his uh, beautiful face, but you can you cannot hear his uh, his uh, voice for radio because. Uh, he his he does a feedback loop. Allow me to dead name Eric Palma was the one who didn't listen to the podcast. Eric Washington is an avid listener. Okay, R- that's R.I.P. Right. Eric Palma. That 
smarmy bastard. Yeah. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, typical fashion, we will be starting off today's episode with a trivia question. And in honor of UFC 261, we've got to you some combat sports trivia. What is the least amount of time for a trio of title bouts in UFC history with a 75-minute potential? So, that means all three title fights combined added up total time. So, get your guesses ready. Eye that candy dish. Guess how many M&Ms are in it. And get us your final count at the end. With that being said... There's a big thing happening this weekend, Nick. Do you know what that is? Uh, no, I don't. What is it? I believe there's a, the NHL draft, right? The NHL, yeah. yeah. The MLB draft. MLB draft. Oh, okay. W, WNBA draft, even though that just happened. So the, the NFL draft is actually kicking off this weekend, and uh, we'll probably deep dive it after the draft instead of before, like everyone else does for the 80,000 hours of coverage they provide for you. Nick and I decided to take a little different turn. We're going to go a more betting-centric route for this episode. Um, Let's just kick it off with the first question. So, yes. Yeah, so like like Jermaine said, I mean, I'm kind of sick of the... NFL draft coverage in recent years. It kind of rivals uh, LeBron James and his free agency saga. Everyone is looking at you know every single press conference. Every, well, the Niners said they the Niners were at Mac Jones's press conference and they love Mac Jones, even though Kyle Shanahan never really reveals who he's going to draft. And uh, for some reason, Justin Fields and Panay Sewell are now sliding down people's draft boards for for no good reason. And and Mac Jones who. Like people, I guess people don't watch Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL. I guess people have never seen an Alabama quarterback in the NFL, but they're going to draft Mac Jones number three. I don't, I don't really get, I don't really get the hype on there. C. A. J. McCarron. Yeah, C. A. J. McCarron. C. I can I name another? Yeah, he plays for the Eagles right now. Yeah, plays. Name another Alabama quarterback besides those two. I mean, to a to a tag of Iowa. Yeah, to a shout out intern intern E already. But I mean, he's dividends. not. I mean, I mean, he's not great. He's not a great quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, he's basically Jalen Hurts. He's basically a poor man's Lamar Jackson running back. So and and Jalen Hurts is only a good quarterback because of Lincoln Riley, right? I mean, so <laughs> does he even count, dude? I'm like struggling to think of Alabama quarterbacks. I, that's that's what I'm saying, and yet Mac Jones is going to get drafted number three. So a, a couple of the questions we asked, and a couple of the props. Uh, how many quarterbacks are in the first ten picks? All right, go ahead. You go first. I think that there's going to be five quarterbacks in the first ten picks. Five. So one, two, three. All right. Then I think seven and nine. So Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, the, whoever the 49ers pick, I think they'd be remiss to not pick Justin Fields. But a lot of mock drafts are having them take uh, Mac Jones. And then seven. 
I think, I, I don't know why I think this, but it would not surprise me to see the New England Patriots trade into the top 10 if Justin Fields is still there. So I actually think it's going to be four in the top 10 and the Patriots still draft Justin Fields. Mm, interesting. I, the Broncos, so, so here's here's the teams we know, I, I would say, for certain are getting a quarterback. Denver at nine, San Francisco at three, New York at two, Jacksonville at one. So there's going to be four. I don't think that's certain. You don't think that's certain? No, I don't think Denver's a certainty. I think the Jets are a certain, certainty after trading away Sam Darnold. So it's Jaguars, Jets, 49ers. And I think the Falcons do what the typical Falcons do, and they draft a quarterback. And that throws the board think- into absolute chaos, right? So that throws the board into absolute chaos. When, when, they, when they draft the quarterback, they actually send Julio Jones to the Cincinnati Bengals. They have the fifth pick as well. They take Pewell. My, the Miami Dolphins trade back because they're audacious with the way the board fell. Carolina Panthers jump up to six, take Kyle Pitts. Detroit Lions draft a quarterback because Jared Goff ain't it after you've you know, they just gave away every pick they had just to get rid of them. Then with the way the board shook out, Denver Broncos and Miami Dolphins have their choice of wide receivers. You have Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle. So looking at Bavada, right, with your with your crazy scheme there, <laughs> Mac Jones Mac Jones is a is a minus two hundred favorite for the third overall pick. Outrageous he's gonna get drafted before Justin Fields. Yeah, Justin uh, Trey Trey Vance. By the way, plus two hundred. Justin Fields plus three hundred. Shout out! Shout That's out! Shout out! Papa Riddle. He thinks that Mac Jones is going to be an outstanding pro quarterback. Not sure. Not sure what killer weed he's smoking, <laughs> but you know, not sure what. Not not sure what tape he's watching, but uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the fourth overall pick, obviously, Kyle Pitts, uh, minus two hundred favorite. But you think that the Falcons are going to draft a quarterback, huh? And trade Julio for the fifth pick. Looking at the uh, draft specials for the Falcons, plus 180 for the Falcons to draft a quarterback. So there's some, there's a little bit of my favorite word, value, in there. Ooh, value. Uh, I'm going to throw some pizza money at Justin Fields at three. That's, uh, I don't think, I think that's ill-advised. Well... You think a lot of my bets are ill-advised, so. And most of the time, I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you got five in the first ten. I actually think Mm -hmm. that's very likely. Does does Bovada have lines for that? uh, Quarterbacks in the top top ten, I don't believe so. Of course. Let's see here. RIP five dimes. Uh, No, no. Wait, hold on. Uh, they have all first four picks to be quarterbacks. That's a draft special. I think that, uh, that's I th- minus. I think that that's happens. minus one fifteen. That's minus one fifteen, though. Wow! So all right, Bo- I think that. So Bovada B- 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 thinks that happens too. Uh, the first five picks to all be quarterbacks is plus nine hundred. Ooh, that's a fun bet. <laughs> and it's not going to happen. You never know. Zach Wilson not to be picked in the top two is plus eleven hundred. Wow. So 
New York Jets are number two. Jets are gonna blow it. They're not taking Justin Fields. <laughs> they, They're not taking Justin Fields. They're gonna blow it. Yeah. So Lance or what's his name? Fields, right? Yeah. No, no Trey Lance. Uh, no, not Trey Vance. Uh, Zach Wilson. Over five and a half quarterbacks in the in round one plus three hundred from DraftKings. Sh- yeah. Shout out intern E. I don't. I would say under. I would not take that bet. What what is the what is it again? Say it again. Over five and a half is plus three hundred on DraftKings for quarter. For yeah, I would not take that. I would take five, I would take five. Five would be my I number. I don't think I don't think a quarterback goes after. Who would be the sixth quarterback? Who's like the sixth prospect? Sam Ellinger um, from Texas. Maybe, but he's like a third. He's like a third round guy. Yeah, that's the only other. I can't I think like. of another quarterback that. There's probably Kyle Trask, maybe. Oh, Florida kid. Actually, uh, that the, the, Kellen Kellen Mon. I like. I don't. I don't. I don't think any of them should be in the first round. Davis Mills. Who does Davis Mills play for? South Carolina. <laughs> are you Gamecocks? Are you making up names? E. I just wanted to say Gamecocks. Is he the? Is he the son of the Army General General Mills? <laughs> <laughs> famous cereal guy, <laughs> famous famous army general and cereal manufacturer. All right, so so we so how many quarterbacks are the first ten picks? And then we said you know under five and a half. This is kind of one of the big one of the big props of of the draft is how many running backs in the first round. A lot of people are thinking that under one and a half is not a crazy number. Under one and a half. Mm-hmm. I don't – oh, man, it's so hard to see a running back get drafted. So right so right now on Bovada, under under a half, sorry, under a half. So no running backs drafted in the first round is plus 250. Oh, yeah, I think one gets taken. Who, who, yeah. who do you think is the better running back, Travis Etienne or Najee Harris? I, I just, just from seeing him on the spotlight, I think Etienne is the better back. Just because I've seen, because I haven't watched Harris that much. I thought well, I, it's really hard because they're both drastically different. I'm sure. I think there's a. Yeah. I think there's a Najee Harris first running back drafted minus one fifty bet MGM. All right, dude. Let's keep the odds consistent here. <laughs> We're all over the place here. All right, so um, they're drastically different backs. Travis Etienne is just home run hitting. That dude, you know that, I hate that did you say that? Because I hate that. I did, yeah. I do it on purpose now. And Najee Harris is just hard nosed, gritty. He's that classic Alabama, Trent Richardson, Derrick Henry. Yeah, you always have to say Derrick Henry light because no one is Derrick Henry. That dude is an absolute yeah. freak. Except for Ryan Tannehill. He copied his workout. <laughs> so, so on Bovada, Najee Harris minus one eighty to be the first running back drafted. Travis Etienne plus one fifty five. Minus one eighty, Najee Harris. I had bet that Travis Etienne plus one fifty five. Yeah, put a little twenty spot on that. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I think. I think. I think. I think who one so, running back? So who? Taken. So who? Who takes? Who takes the first running back then? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's absolutely taking a running back. I think pick 24, Pittsburgh goes. Pittsburgh takes him. I don't see... I don't see Etienne going 
in in the in the first round. Well, I mean, the Green Bay Packers will probably take another running back. <laughs> no. Or depending on what wide or depending on what wide receivers are on the board. So I think I think there's two places and it's it's 23-24 who I think take running backs personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Jets and Steelers. Yeah, that would that wouldn't surprise me. I I also wouldn't be surprised if um the Bills at 30 kind of took a running oh, back depending on how the yeah. board shakes out. That's actually good. The Bills are kind of playing with house money. They don't really need anything. They're kind of God, dude, the Bills. What a best, what a best best player available. What a great luxury the Bills have just put themselves into. Seriously. I do think they need linebacker, but you can get linebackers in the second and third. So if you really love the running back there and Devin Singletary and uh, Zach Moss, I don't know. Jury's still out, but probably Zach Moss don't do it for me. Probably less likely than <laughs> than yes, right? And if yeah. and then they have three running backs, and you know you know you can guarantee at least two of those are getting hurt. Yeah, hundred percent. So, all right, let's so so let's move from running backs then to wide receivers. How many wide receivers do you think are being drafted? What's the line? I've heard some outdate audacious numbers for wide receivers. Something like seven or eight in the in the first round. Right now in Bavada, under or the over under is at four and a half, and the over is minus three seventy. Well, yeah, because the number is so low. They said that there's a potential. Because if you look at, I mean, apparently this draft class is supposed to be as stacked as the last two for wide receivers, which <laughs> blows my mind. Uh, so reading a Warren Sharp article the other day, did you see this? That this is the most undersized uh, draft class in history, wide receiver draft class in history. Really? Yeah. Great. That means the Saints are going to take one. I did not know that. What's so? What is the average height of, or is it is it height and weight, or is it just height? I think it's it's height and weight, and I think the average is under two hundred, or like right at two hundred. The weight is that right at two hundred? So they should be blazing. Yeah, they should be. They should be fast. Fast. I don't. So I actually think, I, I think that overhits. And the over is the minus two fifty, right? So, yeah, yeah, I would say five, yeah, five yeah. get taken because Baltimore yeah. is all but confirmed they're taking a wide receiver. Which, if I'm Baltimore, I'm taking those two picks and trying to get get Julio Jones. Spoilers for later on in the podcast, but yeah. So I now here now here's the question, right? And and if you're gonna find some value, here's where I'd find the value. Pick number five. That's gonna be the Cincinnati Bengals. If Cincinnati. If Panesu is still on the board, or for some reason Rashawn Slayton's name keeps getting thrown around as the first offensive lineman chosen, do, does Cincinnati choose to give Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, or Jalen Waddle, or another weapon, or do they choose to protect their quarterback who they literally just injured because he has no protection? Man, the offensive tackle free agent market right now is pretty pretty stacked. Like the offensive linemen that are on the free agent market. Still. Yeah. Alejandro Villanueva from Pittsburgh. Oh, you yeah. have um 
He's going to Baltimore. Yeah, that's the rumor. Actually, do you have one? Don't you know that? Don't you know that skill players in the AFC North just move around the AFC North? Like like players that spend a lot of time in the AFC North just move around the AFC North. And they have um, man, who is the because Mitchell Schwartz is still available, right? Or did Mitchell Schwartz sign and the other Kansas City lineman is still available? Huh. Good thing we have um, answered. Mitchell e. Schwartz. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals first pick tight end plus three twenty five. By the way, ooh, that's. Do you think Kyle, you so you really think the Falcons or Falcons take uh, Kyle Pitts? I I think that the Falcons are going to take the best player on the board. I think the Falcons draft a quarterback. So Schwartz is the one still available. So there's some talent still available on, on the offensive line. So Cincinnati could draft Jamar Chase and then go throw money at their offensive line. And these these might all be post-June 1st decisions, which seems to be more and more likely because teams, teams are finally subscribing to the Bill Belichick school of drafting, and they don't want to sign players before June 1st to lose their compensatory picks for players that have left. Yep. So if you sign them post June first, right, you still get all the compensatory picks that you're owed for losing all kinds of players. So I, I think we'll see a lot of movement post June first. Obviously, there's still too many names out there, and offensive line is too valuable for people to not be pl- to be picking. But I say wide receivers. I'm going five in the first round. Yeah, I could see that. That's that's a that's a pretty conservative number. All right, real quick, more defensive or offensive players? I think it's got to be more offensive players, right? The way the board's shaking out, I think so as well. I, I mean, we're talking. I, I mean, we're talking about uh, a draft in which the first. We're, we're, we're talking about a draft in which it's not crazy that the first five picks could be all offensive, right? Then you go down and you say, "Well, hey, does Miami? What does Miami do?" They probably want, you know, they probably want a wide receiver. Does New England trade up? Carolina's probably going to take an offensive lineman or Kyle Pitts if he's on the board. Denver's going to draft a quarterback. I mean, the offense, the offense really doesn't start, or the defense really doesn't start until maybe Dallas. Yeah, Dallas loves that cornerback, the one that the Eagles fancy as well, Patrick Sertain the second. Yeah, Patrick Sertain the second. Yeah, and then maybe the, and and then you know you you talk about J.C. Horn with the Eagles, but then you, but then you kind of get back into do the Chargers and the Vikings take offensive linemen? Uh, you know, do the do the Cardinals do the Cardinals go cornerback or they add another wide receiver? Uh, you have the you have the you have the run from about you know the the late the late teens to to the early twenties where, where we're going to see a lot of cornerbacks and and linebackers go, but then you get to the end of the board like we're talking about and and you have offensive linemen and those late round wide receivers and and throw you know Najee Harris in there. I, I don't I don't think there's a way that defensive players can can overcome that that top ten almost all offensive players. That's a third of the draft that's all offensive players. Yeah, so, and then uh, shout-out E for telling us that the over-under on, um, I believe, Bovada is 18.5, which is, that's a, you know, it's pretty, that's a pretty high number in my in my estimation. So, you got 18.5, 13.5, that shades out to about 32 players, so that's obviously how it's going to break out. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going offensive as well. And you already alluded to, I think we both think that the first five picks in this draft are offensive. So that might be the trivia question for next week. How often yeah. have the first five picks been? If the first ten picks are all offensive, I bet you they're gonna they won't shut up about it. They're gonna tell us every f- fifteen minutes on ESPN's draft coverage, which is good because I don't watch ESPN. I watch Bleacher Report. <laughs> yeah, I, I, if it, it's gonna be, I mean, it's gonna be annoying if we get anywhere close to history because they're just gonna they're just gonna let us know all the time. One one final question for our draft coverage: How many? First round draft day trades do we get? Nine hundred and eighty thousand Shitoshis. What? Oh, I was just talking about Sean Culkin's entire salary of cryptocurrency. Yeah. How <laughs> many draft day trades how many how many how many draft day trades do we get? I I always think there's gonna be a lot and then there isn't. <laughs> that's that's, yeah. that's always how I feel. This board and the talent at the top it blows my mind. Like, I don't even know. Like, I just still don't know if Michael Parsons is going in the top 10. Yeah. Uh, here's, here's my thing. I think there's going to be, there could be any, <laughs> this is, this is such a, this is such a, a, a flippy floppy answer. There could be anywhere from zero to four that I could see right now. I was thinking four as I, well. I could, I could see nothing happen, right? I could see nothing happen. I could see New England trade into the top 10 like like you were talking about. I could see Atlanta trade down, right? Package a deal with Julio. Maybe the fucking or the 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 Dolphins get rid of that pick. They trade down, right? Carolina trading up or trading down really if if their guy isn't there cuz I think if Sewell and Pitts aren't there, Carolina will probably be like, "Okay, well, we're trading down." I, I, maybe, I was thinking a, maybe a sneaky pick. Maybe a sneaky pick is if there's a run on quarterbacks, watch for like Denver or New England to trade in. Denver or Washington to trade in. I actually think yeah, De- I actually think Denver at nine is probably where Micah Parsons goes. That's their Von Miller replacement, right? Von Miller has been in constant uh, turmoil as far as legal legal issues go, so. You pair him with Bradley Chubb, and you fortify that front line, you know, for years to come. It really depends on if the first four picks are quarterbacks or not. So, listen, John Elway is still part of that organization, so the Broncos are drafting Mac Jones if he's available. <laughs> Drew Log versus Mac Jones. What an uninspiring said, quarterback camp. What just a what just a tall white quarterback battle we would have right there. Oh my God! But, but so that's <laughs> combined a, between the two of them, they run a nine seven forty speed. That's right. So uh, Jermaine talked about it for the first time. We saw Casey tight end or Casey tight end Sean Colkin convert his entire salary, which is nine hundred eighty thousand dollars, into cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. Why is this? Why is this such a big deal now? I'm not sure. I, like, like, like. Here's my thing. Yeah, it's cool that he's doing this, but you, you, you think that rich NFL players don't have more than this in Bitcoin because of their because their investment firms are putting it in Bitcoin? I would say they do. 
Like this, like, okay, so he converted his entire salary to Bitcoin. You know why? It's because it's almost a million dollars. Like, are you, are you telling me that, like, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have at least a million dollars in Bitcoin? It's just called a good investment. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence signed with uh, Cryptofolio, and um, his entire sponsorship deal with from them is going to be paid in cryptocurrency. There you go. I thought that I, I thought I, that I was I'm, cooler than Sean Culkin. Yeah, because this is because you know Sean Culkin's going to make going to make money, right? And we're not. I'm, I'm not bashing him. I think it's a good idea. I, I think it's a. A great idea for him. He he probably already has. I hope it's a smart investment on his end. <laughs> I hope he has a little bit, you know, a little bit of spending cash. He's not hoping that he can go to the grocery store and use Bitcoin. All right. Well, we're probably going to cover the NFL draft a lot on the next episode, so we're going to go ahead and push forward through the NFL news. Baltimore and Kansas City had a blockbuster trade amongst rifles, rivals for a offensive tackle who played right tackle and played left tackle for them last year in Orlando Brown. So... Baltimore trades Orlando Brown a 2021 second and a 2022 sixth to Kansas City for a 2021 first, third, and fourth, and a fifth in 2022. The numbers that Baltimore received in return are 31, 94, and 136 in this year's draft. I would love to see them just package those three picks and send them away for what the next question is. Dream landing spots for Julio Jones. My dream destination is the Baltimore Ravens. I would just love to see him, Hollywood, and Mark Andrews tear it up with J.K. Dobbins coming out of the backfield. So you take those three picks that you got in this year's draft and you get Julio in return. Who do you have for your dream landing spot? Uh... I don't really want to th- – I, yeah, I don't – he's probably, knowing my luck, he's going to get off the Falcons and stop terrorizing the Carolina Panthers and go to, like, the the Fal- or the Saint, the or Saints or something. <laughs> An in-division trade. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't – You imagine Michael Thomas and Julio Jones on the same team? N- no. Um, <laughs> he doesn't want to. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't like like thinking about maybe maybe you know just just for Julio's sake and for just just for the bene- the the kind of mutual party uh, benefits. Green Bay would be nice. I would love to, I would love to see him in Green Bay just because that would finally give him a chance to you know to to have a shot at winning every year. That's what, that was um, intern E's choice as well. Yeah, Green Bay would be good. I I just I don't I don't see. I, if I picture Julio not in the Falcons in my head, he's in a Ravens jersey. Ah, yeah. He just, he just. I, I can't, I can't picture him not, uh, not in, uh, not, not has, not, not as a Falcon. And and if I can't picture him not as a Falcon, uh, from from in, from uh, E, the Falcons create fifteen point three million dollars in in cap space for the twenty twenty one season. Uh, and and save a big dead dead hit for uh, 2022. As Jermaine mentioned earlier, though, no Julio is, deal is going to occur before the first of June, obviously, due to all that contract stuff. Yeah. So if an unchar- uncharacteristic team makes some draft picks that you're not really sure of, it's most likely because they're trading for Julio. So uh, with that being said, first 
position-specific helmet was created by the NFL and Players Association. It's for offensive and defensive linemen, who we always talk about are understated in their um, car crashes per game. Right? We need to add that in the stat box. <laughs> they'll probably be they'll probably be leading on it. So the NFL made a lot of rule changes this offseason. We're going to touch on them real quickly. Replay officials who sit in the booth can now consult and offer advice. Previously, can only do for uh, plays under review. Um, the Tom Tom Brady's most hated rules that jersey numbers can change in 2022. <laughs> Uh, or 2021 if the players buy out the existing inventory. <laughs> Nick was hot at this uh, because he said the owners were cheap. I'm on the owner's side on this one. They already made the jerseys. Suck it up. <laughs> so, Onside kicks. Receiving team can only have nine players within 25 yards of the ball. Boo. Nobody cares. It won't change anything. Uh, <laughs> this rule, I can't believe this wasn't a rule already. No preseason overtime. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they should just, like, I mean, you know, like, when you get to, uh, like, MLB, like, spring training, they can just stop the game whenever they want. I feel like I feel like that was NFL. Like, they would just be like, ah, we're good. Like, <laughs> Yo, but I guess not. I guess, they, I guess they have some pretty strict rules. Who the hell is watching preseason overtime? Who the hell is watching, like, preseason fourth quarter? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely in bed already, bro. That, yeah, seriously. <laughs> that is crazy. So, what are the rules they're going to be focusing on forcing? So, for the first three weeks, expect these calls to change the way the game uh, unfolds is taunting. So, not necessarily player celebrations. They relax those rules. But uh, player versus player altercations. You're going to see it happen in the first three weeks, just like when the sack rule with the with the defenders landing on the quarterbacks. It's going to affect wins and losses at the very beginning of the season. Um, loss of down if two passes are completed behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I said the same thing. So it's so only so, forward so you're passes. So you're telling me. Oh, so I, so if I throw two screens that go forward, I, I lose a down? Yes. So if you break that rule, because there's a a lateral isn't really considered a pass. What kind of dumbass? What kind of these last two ones have been really dumbass rules? It's kind of like shouldn't that have already been a loss of down if you threw forward twice? You just get penalized ten yards and keep that down. That's some horse shit. Wait, so is this in one play? In one play, yes. So if you throw it forward to me and I'm still behind the line of scrimmage and I throw it forward to E, we lose that down. Not only are we penalized yards, we also lose that down. I did, there's no way to find this out, and it would take a, an exhaustive search. How many times <laughs> has that happened in NFL history? Dog, it can't be much. This is that big of a – there was some owner. There was some owner. You know that this, there was some owner who got slided in 1950s high school football. His team like lost the lost the state championship, got beaten by two forward passes behind the line of scrimmage, and that's why he's after it. We God. just we just in, in, intern intern E has been has been killing it. To, apparently, this is a rule because uh, the NFL hates Tom Brady and wants to try to force him to stop playing. But he did it last year against the Rams. So that cheating son of a bitch, son <laughs> of a bitch, Tom. First the tuck rule, now this. You son of a bitch. 
How about you stop throwing Super Bowl trophies? God, what an idiot. Uh, the, uh, and the the taunting thing, like, really, come on. Do we need to, like, let's let's wrap them all in bubble wrap, and and they can and after a good play, they can all hug. Like, they're, they're, they're athletes on a field. They're young kids on a field, mainly. Like, what's, what's the average age for the NFL? Like, 25? I'm pro shit talk, dude. Not like we hear it on the mics anyways, dude. Yeah. That's probably the reason. Now that you said that, that's probably the reason. Because they want to mic more, more players up. And they don't want them, you know, saying the N-word to each other. <laughs> even, though, even though they grew up since they were six years old talking so much shit to each other, it's not even funny. Yeah. Unreal. Interny, the average the the average age is twenty six point zero seven. So I was close. And then um, this this last rule, I'm not a hundred percent sure what they mean, but ensures the enforcements of all accepted penalties during successive try attempts. So it's if you if you get a penalty going for a touchdown, right? They make sure all those penalties get get enforced if you go for more than one at a time. Which I was like, why weren't these penalties being enforced in the first place? You had to pick. You had to pick one. It was like the option in a video game. You have three options. You can only pick one. All right. Do well, I want pass interference. We. I think we spent enough time on the NFL, so I'm ready to move out of that. Let's yeah. go ahead and move into. Um, the NBA, this one's going to be real quick, but NBA expects the play-in tournaments to be permanent. There's going to be a there's a pending vote happening this offseason. Uh, the fact that this news is coming before they even played the play-in tournament is kind of weird, but, I mean, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So, As long as the number seven seed gets bounced out this year because they lost both games. Yeah. Like the Miami Heat. Hopefully the Miami Heat lose twice. And and get bounced out, and get bounced out, and then we end up with like the Charlotte Hornets and the Indiana Pacers in the seven eight. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, we we need to, you need some ridiculousness, and then of course the the top teams in the NBA. Like, well, we we would have been in the playoffs normally, and then you and then we get to hear all that. We get to hear all that whining and complaining. Nobody, I mean, nobody will ever be happy. It is kind of it is kind of weird though that they're putting it out right now. Uh, no, instant. I mean, this seems like very much like July news for the NBA. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is the proverbial cart before the horse. Yeah. And then, um, did you see this? I don't know if you guys saw this, but <laughs> ESPN, Disney, and the NBA have announced that on May 3rd, the Warriors and Pelicans will have an Avengers-themed broadcast. It's going to integrate elements from an original Marvel story. And commentary will come from a fully customized Marvel-themed studio. Yawn. Move on. Don't care. <laughs> I was just like, "What in the world?" I, I think I, it's like this. It's like the Nickelodeon broadcast, dude. I don't want it. I don't want. I don't want Marvel and my sports broadcast to be combined into one. I'm sorry. Call me old-fashioned. So, is there some sort of pandemic that kids aren't playing sports and that's why they no, keep doing this I, i'll tell you what a pandemic is espn and the disney balance sheet disney is literally trying to do everything they can to st- stop espn from hemorrhaging money so they're taking one of their biggest cash cows in the avengers and slapping it onto espn and saying okay make us money yeah that's a good point 
So what was the Nickelodeon thing with the NFL? Oh, that yeah, that's apparently like kids don't watch sports anymore, I guess. Yeah, that's what I thought I was getting at. But kids totally watch sports. Maybe maybe they don't. I don't know. Maybe kids just spend too much time playing Fortnite. But then isn't that also the product of the sports that we put on the field, why they're not watching sports? And and the fact that we make sports so impossibly uh, able, like so so like unable to join because of impossibly high fees, and like you can either join like a league that has very low talent and very low fees, or like a league that has very high talent and high burnout rates and very high high uh, high fees. Jesus, what in the hell is going on my <laughs> screen right now? Athletes so, will be graded on yeah. how many Marvel hero points they can bank. One Marvel oh. hero point will be awarded for every point, rebound, assist, steal, and block. One Marvel hero point will be deducted for every missed f- field goal, free throw, or turnover. The player with the most Marvel hero points will be crowned as Marvel's first champion. It's, it's the Warriors and the Pelicans. It's going to be Steph Curry. Just award it to Steph Curry right now. Hey, Zion's playing, dude. It's going to be Steph Curry. Give him, give him ten Marvel Bing Bongs for for making a behind the back three pointer. I don't know. This is so stupid, man. It's like incorporating fantasy sports live. You know what I mean? But That's exactly how fantasy scores. Anyways, we, that's enough. Can we of bet that. on it? Can we bet? On it? <laughs> yeah, you degenerate. Over <laughs> under oh, over under forty Marvel points that Steph Curry gets. <laughs> Listen, dog. If I'm gonna watch this stupid Avengers theme broadcast, I better have some cheddar on it. Oh, you know I'm gonna have action just on principle now, bro. Oh boy. The, speaking of action, can we bet Degrom wins MVP? Yeah, probably, dude. I need odds because your boy has some money burning in his Bovada account that needs to get sprinkled about. Uh, I just love that fans were chanting MVP. Like, this dude is getting so much love, and I feel like you and I have been doing It's just like you and I beating the Mike Trout drum, and yeah, now we're beating the DeGrom drum for, man, plus 1,500? Ooh, Jacob I might DeGrom plus 1,500 MVP. I might that's, have to do that's that, good. Dude. Yeah, I, oh, Acuna's winning, leading the MVP in the MVP race plus three hundred. That's, well, yeah. I mean, uh, Jacob Degrom has long been for I think since probably since two thousand fifteen has been kind of you know one of the main pieces of of that Mets rotation and is just it, every year just gets better. I mean. Kershaw he is was the last pitcher to win the award. Yeah. So speaking of Degrom, he so we mentioned last show that Shane Bieber uh, tied Nolan Ryan's strikeout record for the first four starts of his season with forty eight. Jacob Degrom just broke it. So he 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 has now the record for the most strikeouts in the first four starts with fifty. That is, I mean, that is that that is that is crazy. Twelve and a half is lights out, dude. Fifty strikeouts in the first four starts. That's yeah. <laughs> for those of you listening at home. That is four innings. <laughs> yeah. So this yeah. will be the first MVP to win since 2014. 
Uh, also, the odds list that we were just looking at, how outrageous is it that Mike Trout's not on that list? That means Mike Trout is somewhere up here with plus Well, that's, N- that's NL. That's that's the NL list. Oh, Mike I Trout thought... plays in the AL. <laughs> All right. I was going to say, that's outrageous. <laughs> I was like, I'll take you... Mike Trout at plus 2,000, yeah. whatever he's at. You're lucky. You're lucky because you almost inspired some rage in me because I looked at the list and I was like, "What?" But <laughs> yeah, it's dude, that, I, I was like, "Oh, those are those are all those are all NL players." All right. So and for then, those of you and listening, then Merry Merry Christmas, everybody! It's a great time. It comes about 17 years too late, but the Rockies have fired General Manager Jeff Breidich. Finally, well, he's resigned, but oh, I like to think that he got fired. After 17 years, he did not get fired. He resigned. You guys are idiots. Yeah, especially after this year. So he traded away Nolan and then retired. So that's a great parting gift for the organization. He's the, the gold, he's like, always I, done right by you guys. I'll just say one thing. The gold standard has to be Theo Epstein. If you're not throwing everything you have into getting Theo Epstein, you're wrong. I said that when Theo resigned from the Cubs, and you didn't. No, you, I, did, you said no, he wasn't going I, to the Rockies. I, well, I, I didn't think he was because we had Jeff Breidich, but Jeff Breidich is gone, so now we better be throwing every. And we're going to sign somebody stupid. I know we are. <laughs> You're going to sign someone Moneyball adjacent. <laughs> we're going to sign Bill James, probably knowing Colorado Rockies, the eighty-year-old MIT guy. <laughs> All right, so. We're moving on to international football. This is Champions League semifinals week one. Jeez, yes. that's actually a mouthful to say out loud. So, um, in honor of the Champions League playing this week, we're going to talk about some <laughs> crazy uh, proposed rule changes. Or that, I don't know if it's proposed. I think they voted on it already. But it's supposed yeah, it's to be confirmed. It's confirmed for 2024. So the contest is going to grow from 32 to 36. Uh, The group stage is going to be replaced by a league, but you only play 10 of the teams once. Two teams who don't qualify through their domestic domestic league but have the highest UEFA coefficient will qualify. And this is just another way to get – more English Premier League teams. Look, look at the two teams that would have qualified in twenty twenty one. No, I, no, I, no, I know Tottenham and Arsenal are the two teams. What is what the hell is a UEFA coefficient, dude? I had the it same. Sounds like a, it sounds like a made up number to make Tottenham and Arsenal happy so they don't leave for the Super League. Yeah, and it's like the it's I guess it factors in schedule difficulty goals. Played. Oh, get effed! Ah, yeah, get effed. That's the reason that makes the Champions League good. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, e, uh, e said the UEFA coefficients are statistics used for ranking and seeding teams in club and international competitions. It really doesn't tell us what it is, though. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could have guessed it was ranking and seeding clubs, but it, it didn't. E with his first swing and a miss of the broadcast. Oh, oh God dang it! E. <laughs> Wow, dude, copy and right, paste. So bas- <laughs> All right, so so basically, uh, the coefficients are calculated for each two and a half cycle by dividing the sum of earned points of the number of games played. 
uh, by calculating the overall average confession for the cycles, the latest full cycle and half cycle. Are, oh, Jesus, I read the wrong part. All right, yeah, so basically, started- well, because I, I tried to fast read. Yeah, so long story short, E sent us a book. Uh, we're going to blame him for this. We don't know what the coefficient means. Uh, there's 10,000 points in a game, 500 awarded, 30,000 somewhere in between, yeah. and then Basically. you add it all up, and you don't know who's what, and you move on. Oh, it's, it's whose lines anyway. The rules are made up, and the points don't matter. <laughs> all I know is that Tottenham and Arsenal getting the, getting the, <laughs> there points you go. are made up, and the rules don't matter. Tottenham and Arsenal getting the Champions League. There we go. <laughs> Huzzah! Huzzah! Everybody wins. Yo, this is pretty much why they want the Super League. I do agree with that. Yeah. All right, so that is the group stage, right? So everyone plays each other at least once, and some teams uh, you miss out on playing ten teams twice. Um, and then the final sixteen, so the top eight teams from the group group stage qualified. So nine through twenty four will play a two legged playoff to progress. So the race for the eighth and twenty fourth will be the most interesting. Um. Uh, it's kind of crazy because all the players have been complaining about is playing too much, and the Champions League has seemed to. <laughs> this is this is where it gets crazy. A hundred games are added per season, based I on mean, this new proposed change. I mean, you have to love UEFA, right? <laughs> teams teams leave for the Super League because they're not getting paid, and like they they're 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 having to pay outrageous fees. <laughs> And they're playing too many Champions League games. And UEFA says, bet, we're going to add 100 more Champions League games. <laughs> to, a format that, to a format that really doesn't need to be changed at all. You don't need to replace the group stage by a league. You, you, uh, you don't need to bring in coefficients. <laughs> you Those don't, dreaded coefficients. You don't. You don't need to bring in a nine through twenty-four two-leg playoff. Wait, we're, are, are we going to? We're going to be playing Champions League year-round, <laughs> dude. You're going to have to. How? How are you going to mix this in with the three domestic trophies that every team plays for, as well as World Cup qualifiers, as well as Olympic qualifiers, as well as the absurd preseason schedule they play now with the. With the League of Champions and and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So and the, and the ICC because a bunch of teams now are going and they're having training camps in the United States because they know that this is an untapped soccer market for those teams. So are you just going to take away their U.S. training camps? I guess so, dude. I I, I don't really I don't know. It seems outrageous. I don't know. They're going to have to increase roster size. There's going to be a lot of fallout from this. And the coaches, every coach, well, only the crybaby coaches have complained. So Liverpool and Tottenham before he was fired. Yeah. Mourinho. So, uh, but but here's the interesting thing that could throw a wrench into it. So Florentino, Florentino I don't know where that flair came from. Uh, Florentino Perez, the Super League president, says that founding clubs of the Super League can't leave. <laughs> Because they've signed a binding contract. You gotta love it, dude. I mean, it's the NCAA transfer rule all over again. You hate to see it. Well, why are you signing binding contracts then? Who who wrote this, dude? Who wrote this? Who wrote these contracts? Who read them and everyone just signed them and then they pulled out? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, craziness. Uh, in, oh. in the, the, and, of course, the reason is for money for everything. In the old format, 
of the Champions League. UEFA made $3 billion off it. In the new format, they're going to make $5 billion. Is it worth it, though? Are you telling me that 100 more games only generates $2 billion of revenue? That's what you're telling me, basically. That's, yeah, that's, what is, it doesn't seem like it factors out to very much. Yeah, that's what, $20 million per game? I'm pretty sure that's what it breaks out to. It can't yeah, be two hundred. I'm just, I'm just canceling. I'm just canceling zeros at this point. But yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't see the point. I, I don't see the, uh, the, the point in the change. It, it begins in 2024, apparently. So we'll, we'll just have to sit back and watch, and, and as UEFA destroys our destroys the Champions League, and we see maybe that the Super League was the best thing that could have happened to these teams. Nineteen million per game. Yeah, let's talk about uh, UFC two sixty one. Well, let's, first... let's do this NCAA rule real quick, and then we'll and then we'll push into two sixty one. Okay, talk about so the NCAA. for those of you uh, NCAA football fans, uh, they changed overtime rule to force two point conversions in the second overtime, vice the third. Finito. Now let's move on to UFC two sixty one. So UFC two sixty one, fifteen thousand fans. In what's Allegiant Stadium in Jacksonville? I think it's Allegiant or First Allegiant or something like that. Um, the first fans the, at an event since UFC 248 in March 7th, 2020. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was, it, it felt like so much longer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, And watching that fight, it was... Man, it felt good. It was the Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. Mm. Mm. So, it felt good to hear them. And they actually made those knockouts feel a lot more special. Yeah. That's that's what that's what a lot of the fighters are saying that it, it felt good to have fans back because there was a there was an actual energy. I think it was uh Oh man. I don't remember who tweeted it, but somebody tweeted that like having like they missed having fans back because there's just a buzz, like they can't wait to get back to fighting. Yeah, they were talking about how the prelims were going, like the early prelims were going on, and the stadium wasn't even wasn't even full yet. I think the second second fight on the thirteen fight card had a finish, and the crowd just popped. Like something you ain't never heard before. It, they said it was something surreal. I didn't watch that fight. I have to go back and watch it. But oh man, I couldn't imagine being there live in person. That probably must have been a, a crazy feeling to feel. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll start from the the non title fights. Chris Weidman. <laughs> I mean, bless up, dude. Much uh, much love and and support to Chris Weidman. Uh, the dude that really that the dude that broke. Anderson Silva's leg. It now comes full circle. And he now breaks his leg doing the exact same thing. How crazy is that? It's it's almost surreal, dude. I Oh, dude, watching it happen. Oh, I watched it live and yeah. it was Oh, made my it's my stomach is still turning right now just thinking about it. His leg from bent around six yeah. six inches <laughs> below the knee became jello. Ugh. It was it was like flubber, dude. It it just and then he tried to land back on it 
and his leg just went down on them, and it just oh, and he just landed backwards, screaming in pain. I oh my oh oh, oh we're gonna have a live podcast hurling, uh, <laughs> bro. That, yeah, that was. Uh, Chris Weidman, get better soon. His wife did g- let us know that the surgery went well um, and a full recovery is expected. That's please crazy. don't be like Alex Smith and get back in the ring. Just please don't. <laughs> I mean, we know uh, you're going to, but like, please don't. Yeah. Uh, and then Anthony Smith and uh, Jimmy Crute. Anthony Smith absolutely chopped down fucking Jimmy Crute's leg. Chop down the tree that is his leg. Yeah. You saw that? <laughs> Why would you send that, Eric? That is just... Yeah. Why yeah. would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> I just got over that, that leg, and he sent me a photo of that leg. That is disgusting. Um, no, dude, he kicked, him, he kicked him so hard, he couldn't stand on his leg anymore. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine that feeling. He, Anthony Smith, was like, um, "Yeah, I don't think he could have taken too many more kicks to that leg if we continued." And then the very like Jimmy Crew got interviewed afterwards. He's like, "Yeah, if they would, I wanted to keep going, but I was gonna pull full guard." <laughs> yeah. yeah, you basically just have to like drop down at that point and like beetle up. Be like, "Get in my guard." <laughs> oh my goodness yeah he got that's the, he, i've never i've never seen i've never seen a kick so hard that i can say he literally got the shit kicked out of him and that was like he got kicked and I, at home i was like ow like my my quad hurts the world collectively stretched at the same time oh oh crap <laughs> so the the uh, the 125 pound female flyweight title uh, Sevichenko uh, is dominant. Five straight title defenses, uh, and they at uh, TKO in round two. The only person uh, she can't beat is Nunes, and she's not going to. Yeah, and she's not going to. But like <laughs> that should say something about like Valentina is gonna. It should be remembered for being so good and so dominant. But there's always gonna be like, well, she's not Amanda Nunes, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but like. You know, Usman's not Amanda Nunes. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, Amanda Nunes is arguably the GOAT of all fighters. Yeah, that woman is the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, dude. She snatches people's souls like Shang Tsung. In the, uh, in, in, in the women's straw weight, 115, why do I not like, why do I not like Whaley Zhang, Jermaine? I just don't like her. I was so I was so I was so I was so happy when 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 Rose Namagunas kicked her head off. I don't know why. I don't even like Rose. I don't like Rose. But I was just so happy when Whaley Zhang got her head kicked off. <laughs> you, you were you were rooting for the rare double KO. <laughs> yeah, I mean not not the rare double KO, but there's just something about Whaley Zhang, and she's just so happy to be Chinese that I'm just like. <sighs> It's like the whole Rocky Balboa, Ivan Drago thing. Like, I can't like you. I'm yeah. hardwired not to like you. Well, she didn't quit herself very well when she, she threw that tantrum for thinking that she wasn't. She, who did she copy? What was it? Who got, who got KO'd and then got upset at the ref for calling it? 
it was um was it Luke Rockhold? I don't know. It was it was one of maybe one of the yeah. Men, one of the men who did the same thing, and I was like, dude, you got knocked out. <laughs> like, yeah. shut up, dude. Yeah, you were you were. I don't know if you remember, but ten seconds ago, your brain was off. Your brain <laughs> got turned off. Yo, Whaley Zeg's eyes are closed. She wakes back up instantly upset. I'm like, yo, but there was a lapse <laughs> in yeah. my consciousness. Are you upset that your brain went to sleep? <laughs> because that would be something I would be upset about too. Yeah, so this um, Thug Rose is only the eighth UFC title to change hands from a U- uh, from a head kick. In the the only the, uh, men, men and men and women. Yes, only the eighth fight. Interesting. So, yeah. um, so that means she, they, so, UFC champions know how to block head kicks, apparently. So Thug, <laughs> Thug, Thug Rose uh, re. What am I trying to say? Retakes her title in the strawweight division. Did she take it? Did Whaley Zhang take it from her? No, or she lost it to Andrade. She lost it to Joanna Jezdrek. Uh, Yo and Jacek. Yeah. And then Joanna lost it to Whaley Zhang. Oh, that was that fight, wasn't it? Or Joanna lost it to Andraj. Andraj last lost it to Zhang, and Zhang lost it to If only we had an intern to look this up. Holy cow, that's like that's a crazy cycle right there. And then the fight <laughs> of the night, obviously, welterweight men, one one hundred and seventy pounds. Kamara Usman, I mean, there, there's no more running it back for Masvidal. He got nah, it's a wrap. I mean, I mean, for a wrestler, Usman, <laughs> Usman hit the hit the <laughs> beat the brakes off him with that punch. Dog, Dude, that, the that, still that, frame with the sweat blowing yes, off Masvidal's yes. face. Yes. Oh my God! I love that photo. What a that great photo. Like, that looked like a fight night video game. That's how much sweat came off him. Looked like a fight night video game. I was so glad Usman finally showed me that. Yeah. That you know what that I I I will say that that instantly changed my perspective on him. I was so like I, this. I, I was like this GSP dude. I he's just gonna sit here. He's gonna wrestle Masvidal, and then he knocked him out. And I was like, okay. Okay, so I, I, I always have to get in these conversations with people who hit me up and they're like, who do you got? Masvidal or Usman? Masvidal. I was just like, Usman is winning by a mile. The dude the is killer. an outstanding fighter. Like, I know it's not like the best to look at because it's not them hitting each other in the face and whoever falls first. The dude is so technically sound. Now I can back it up with, oh yeah, and he could, and now and he could put your lights out, bro. The first night, the first time Masvidal has been knocked out since 2009. Was he in the UFC in 2009, or was he still fighting in the back in Miami? I think I think it was in a ring. I don't think it was the UFC because I I I believe the video is is a four like four post boxing ring mm. with the ropes around the ring that he got knocked out in, and okay. and the knockout. <clears throat> If uh, well, I'll have to find the video again, but the knockout is picture perfect, the same way he got knocked out in 09. Interesting. I guess he has one way to get knocked out. So it's like that. 
hit the hand down with one hand, follow over top with the right, drops him every time. I mean, I I would probably get dropped too. So I'm not really drops him, every, drops him. Drops him every time. What a puss. <laughs> How dare Tra- that bitch. <laughs> trained trained fighters are just crushing him. What a puss. So uh Interney asked a question and we'll finally get around to it. It was he led he led the UFC coverage with this question. I was just like, yo, let's recap first. Yeah. But um Usman at welterweight. You have Izzy at middleweight and you have um Ganu at heavyweight. And Ganu at heavyweight. How do I forget that, man? <laughs> There's no way you forget you, that, man. Yeah. So he's asking me, do they do an African card with the three African champions? And duh. Like that's a seems like a layup. Yeah. I, I think the only the only one that you'd have to kind of rush to get in a fight is Izzy. Because, you know, Nganu fought what two weeks ago? Usman fought obviously last weekend. So they're they're pretty much on the same fight schedules. But I know Izzy's scheduled to fight here in the next month or so, right? Yeah, so Izzy's supposed to fight um Man, it was first week in June. Oh, that's not that bad then. Yeah, so he's supposed to defend against um Veretti, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. For his middleweight title. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I think he's the only one that you'd really have to rush. But I mean, I, I, I think that UFC would miss a great opportunity to celebrate diversity in their sport if they didn't do this. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to find Israel Adesanya's next title defense. Yeah, Israel Adesanya next fight. Uh, June 12th, <laughs> UFC 263. June 12th, 263. Yeah, I'm trying to see who it was because Robert Whitaker said he couldn't physically do that after fighting it's, Kevin Gosselin. It's, it's Ved Vittori. Vittori. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if you can... I mean, if you can... If Izzy doesn't take very much damage, you can probably get that fight early November. Yeah, for sure. I don't well, know. So that was, that, that, was, that was 261. 261, great, great card, great fights. Great to see fans back. Uh, and and we'll see how how they uh, how the UFC moves forward with this. But we'll move on to standing O now. So we yes. posted we po- we we posted both these standing O's on the uh, Instagram page podcast room three hundred three. Uh, the first one was uh, Texas Tech broadcaster Jeff Haxton, uh, fly ball coming or foul ball coming up to the booth, uh, and he t- and he grabs the pitch as it comes up to the booth with a perfect catcher frame job of it. Uh, so that got it. That got a standing O from me uh, for the perfect frame, and then I think he tossed the ball to a kid too. So good, good for good for Jeff. Oh, he's just pandering. You know, he got that baseball back. Just <laughs> uh, he, and threw, then, he threw a fake one. Have you ever seen that video of the kid who catches the fly ball? Yeah, he's holding his ball, and he gives the girl his ball. Yeah, <laughs> that's Dude. a stud right there. And then the second thing we posted is uh, uh, obviously Arsenal club icon and their leading scorer, Thierry Henry, and the English Premier League's leading scorer, Alan Shearer, uh, became the first inductees into the uh, EPL Hall of Fame. So congrats to those two gentlemen. I know I grew up watching. I, Al- Alan Shearer was a little bit before my time, but Thierry Henry was, uh, 
was certainly a person that we grew up with. Yeah, I'm huge on Refan, so I was pretty hyped to see that he got it, despite him for playing for Arsenal. Boo, fuck you, Arsenal, you suck. I hate you. Hope you step on a Lego, and I hope you never, ever play in the Champions League again. Well, they're going to be in it because of the coefficient. Because of their 10,000 points divided by 300 and plus 5 yeah. and carry the 17, and that's how you get the Europa coefficient. Yeah, exactly. just go- Google it. But 175 goals... Every time, like I know that number, but every time I see it again, I'm just like, Phew. and then two sixty goals, right for Shearer. You know the the next person right right now is um, Sergio Aguero, who has one eighty one, and Harry Kane is next after him, and Harry Kane, if he continues on his current streak, can pass Shearer for all-time goals scored in English Premier League in the next four to five years. Interesting. And I was like, wow. Harry Kane is... Harry Kane is is good at soccer. Yeah, I just don't know if he gets enough, dude. So, oh, okay, here we go. So we got the top four from E. Alan Shearer, 260. Wayne Rooney, 208. Andy Cole, 187. And Sergio Weddle. Uh, 181. And, uh, let's see. Jeez, oh, Wayne yeah. Rooney. Yeah, I mean, used to be good. Everyone spoke out against their teams. Yeah, Henri, Henri hit at Arsenal for joining the Super League. Yeah, everyone got mad. 79% of fans didn't approve. So, yeah, but they, but they went ahead anyway. Yeah, there we go. Kane and has that, one, 164. And that's and that's a perfect lead in to find him and cut him. I want to find and cut UEFA for this dumb coefficient BS that just basically puts Tottenham and Arsenal, uh, Tottenham and Arson, uh, Tottenham and Arsenham, Arson Dinger, uh, Arsoner, yeah, uh, that that puts both of them in the the Champions League. But we have you have a better find him and cut him dealing with NFL players and their uh, <laughs> their investments. This is not a normal controversial issue, is it? NFL players normally invest their money really well and definitely not in startup schemes that bankrupt them. No, they don't have a track record for that. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you at home at homes who was not paying attention to the news, uh, for those of you at home who weren't paying attention to the news, <laughs> there's been some reports coming out about a capital investor and I want to make sure I get his name right, but some of the players that were in cahoots with this man were Von Miller, Nick Foles, Mark Brunel, and they were creating predatory lending practices that would hit at low-income borrowers in Texas. So the way it worked is people with troubled credit who needed quick cash would put their cars up as collateral on loans averaging $1,000 and with fees and interest in excess of 300%. That's a crazy amount of interest. So the the dude's name is Joseph Joey Fest. Never trust a Joey, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing? Yes. <laughs> so he's actually uh, the owner of KM Capital Management in Austin, Texas-based private wealth management firm. Uh, and he caters to athletes. <laughs> and he lost his eligibility from, from 
the NFLPA to, to actually be a financial advisor, despite working with the likes of Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, and Tua Tagliavailoa. Jesus Christ, I still didn't. But say that but right. but what but what Jermaine did not say is that he still actively is working with those players. He is not certified by the PA and is still actively working with those players. Jermaine, I feel like you and I, if 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 this podcast doesn't give us the right results that we want, we can just go start a capital management company. I Damn. feel like you can just you can just invest players' money smartly and you'll just become a millionaire. Yeah, all you have to do is not screw over low-income people in hard times. Like, it's a pretty low bar. And even then, you could screw them over and still maintain some of the wealthiest contracts. This is outrageous. So let's see. One example, in 2013, an Austin area woman put up her 2002 Mercury Mountaineer as collateral to borrow $1,039.99. With a 2000... cents, really? With a $2,426.64 finance charge, she agreed to pay $3,466.63 back to KJC in principal and interest over 17 payments. What? Yeah, For, dude. None of that. <laughs> All right. None of that makes sense. Why? <laughs> she should not have I, agreed to that. But like people, are fi- just, like, they're financially no, I illiterate, know. bro. I know. <laughs> I, I can't get past the 2002 Mercury Mountaineer <laughs> in 2013. That's what I can't get past. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're just laughing at that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why. Like it's just in my head. I'm like, really? So she you're was paying a, an same- eleven an eleven year old car got you. <laughs> a, a, a grand? <laughs> oh, she paid back $204 a payment. This lady didn't have a $1,000 and $1,039 and they they were making her pay back $204 a, a payment. And it it gets worse. This I mean this article yeah it's yeah, that's so damning. It is. It is pretty damning for for this guy, and 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 the fact that he is still actively advising NFL players is ridiculous. Yeah, and then the details of the title loans involving the athletes have largely been buried in nondescript civil and bankrupt bankruptcy case files. Mm-hmm. So there was a whistleblower in 2019 that called him out. In 2011, oh man! <laughs> then the the best part is is he failed to pay back forty million. Oh, there we go. The bankruptcy claim was thirty seven million dollars five hundred ninety two thousand forty three. I said dollars too early. Classic. Uh, oh my god! He was only able to pay one percent. <laughs> That's pretty hilarious. I mean, I mean, you, you, you gotta love capitalism. This guy is certainly getting away with uh, getting away with murder, basically financial murder. So he lost all these players' money and still advises them. Yeah, I mean that that just shows how much they literally don't watch their investments. They just give it over to some guy and be like, "Here, 
manage my money. And then he can just literally be like, oh, times are hard. Sorry, I lost your money. But, God. All right, that's 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 enough focusing on this guy. Let's uh let's let's do the let's do the trivia and then wrap it up, Jermaine. All right, go ahead, take it away. All right, so we asked you what was the least amount of time for a trio of title bouts in UFC history with a seventy-five minute potential. So if all title bouts went the distance, that would be a full seventy-five minutes. The second shortest was UFC two seventeen. It went a total of twenty-five minutes. Uh, for a event that that featured GSP and Michael Bisbin, uh, Dillashaw and Gorbrandt, and Rose Namagunas and Joanna Injeshek. What a name to what a name to look at and and have to say. If I if I did not have somebody pronounce Yo and Jacek to me, I would have not that name that's just someone like hit the keyboard when they fell asleep. The when we just talked about it earlier, the shortest event of three title fights in UFC history was UFC 261. UFC 261 went 15 minutes and 39 seconds in their title bouts. That's a difference of nine minutes, nine and a half minutes, basically. Nine minutes, 28 seconds. That's crazy. 15 minutes. I, how much? Is it $99 still to pay for this? For what? To pay for what? The pay-per-view. No, it's never been 99 It's 69 Oh, okay. And it's sixty nine, so, and it, and it might be like seventy nine, and you get a year of ESPN Plus. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I I I was thoroughly entertained. You know, the card was good, worth yeah. worth the price of admission. Despite seeing that and going, dang, spent sixty bucks on fifteen minutes thirty nine <laughs> seconds yeah. of title. Yeah, that's fights. exactly what I just thought. I was like, oh, just, yeah. But each fight but. delivered, and that's exactly what you want. Like you don't want to see two thirty-nine-year-old heavyweights in the fifth round struggling. <laughs> Intern E just commented that it's a three-song lap dance, so that's that's pretty good. That's uh, probably 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 costs probably costs just as much too. <laughs> so that's oh, our that's our episode. That's our episode sixty-three. Thank you for listening. Uh, reach out with your support for intern Ian this tough time that he's going towards until he becomes uh, uh, interim co- interim co-host. Maybe maybe one of these days e, you'll be uh, you'll be an interim co-host when one of us is sick or something like that. Uh, but remember to drop us a follow Instagram, Twitter at Podcast Room Three Hundred Three. What do you got for the people, Jermaine? It's not that expensive if you use Usher Bucks. <laughs> Amicable Moonwalker out. Hey, everybody. Have you ever watched a game and said to your buddies, I knew... Insert player name here. ...was going to do that? Alas, the sports gods have delivered us a solution. The Thrive Fantasy app. Thrive is a -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app specifically for player props. They've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top-tier athletes in the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, or esports. For the NFL, you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options, and yes, even Falcons players are available. For fans of the NBA, MLB, or PGA and esports events, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options to complete your lineup. Thrive even offers new contests daily for each PGA event. Meaning, if your golfer doesn't make the cut, you'll still have a chance to win big. By this time, you should be asking, but Nick, how do I make money? Well, 
Each prop has an associated over or under fantasy point total based on its likelihood to occur. But beware, the more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. By racking up the most points, you win the prize pool. And since launching in 2018, Thrive has paid out more than $1.3 million in prizes. So what are you waiting for? Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Yes, that's $20. And also, code ROOM303. Download Thrive Fantasy and prop up today. Not all states qualify.